0: And all the decisions that you make in terms of learning will be based on the information gathered. And by that, I also mean interviewing people, talking to them, having random conversations. So people may think you're socializing and talking about it, but that is your live research. You do not stop researching at all whatsoever.
1: Wow, Aditi. I'm very, very impressed. Thank you. (laughs) It's also turning out to be such an interesting conversation, you know, therefore. (laughs)
0: there thank you so much for joining me on one more episode of the absolutely right podcast my name is aditi sarana i'm a graphologist a high performance coach and an anti-anxiety expert on each episode of the absolutely right podcast my attempt is to give you a tool a method a hack for you to claim the best version of yourself in order to achieve that we do three things on our wednesday episode first we invite some high performers like leaders entrepreneurs change makers basically people who have cracked the code and have become successful second i use this fascinating accurate method of personality assessment called graphology or handwriting analysis to dive deep into their personalities and crack the code and third in between this analysis i pause and tell you to look at your own handwriting and understand whether you are that kind of a person or not what do you require to do to change yourself in order to become the best version of yourself and that is the large idea of this podcast where we can really find ways, methods and hacks for you to claim the best version of yourself. On today's episode, I had the privilege to talk to, interview and analyze the chief marketing officer of IBM India and South Asia, Dipali Nair. As you listen to the episode, you'll know this that Dipali is an overachiever in her own right. But during the lockdown, she decided to reinvent herself and share her wisdom with the world with her podcast Being CEO with Dipali Nair. Now today, while listening to this conversation, you'll realize this, that with each conversation's story and her time-tested models of thinking, Dipali gives you ways, hacks and methods to reinvent yourself, to realize your own potential, to change your perspective. So if you're a young professional who wants to run a large team one day or become a CEO yourself, then make sure that you make notes on today's conversations because it is full of all the actions that you can take and implement in your life right away. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation. I cannot wait to get started. Stay tuned. Hi Dipali, welcome to Absolutely Write. I have your
1: handwriting sample with me already, but instead of sending one sample, you sent me two. Why did you do that? Because the uh, the second one was handy. Uh, I did follow your brief and I did write it and I felt very artificial writing it, you know. Okay. (laughs) Just write something um uh, and i did have the notes handy from a previous meeting and i'd just taken a picture of that because i needed to share it with my team so okay. i just forwarded the same uh, picture to you guys <laughs> so i do have like the natural
0: uh, writing which is a sample and also you being in action in your meeting so both the samples in front of me
1: yes
0: so you know when i looked at your sample when i looked at your handwriting there are a few things that stood out very very specific things that i want to begin talking about them before we go to your questions. Now, as a person, you look at every single problem as a challenge. And you know, mostly people imagine their lives to be uh, happy when they're less challenged and questioned and thrown into problems for you. If you're not thrown into problems, you get bored, you get agitated, and you get so irritated that it is It's better to have you solving huge problems than not having to solve problems.
1: I wouldn't say I get agitated, but I get bored for sure. And very quickly. Yeah, I get bored for sure. So I do need a challenge to solve. I do need a problem to solve, Um, especially in my uh, professional life. I want to fix it.
0: Yeah, all the time. And you you thrive if you have problems which are repetitive. You think something is going wrong in this system. I need to have newer problems to solve now i have to I have to tell you this from the writing aspect you know when you write your letters we break writings and writings in three zones one we call upper zone second we call middle zone where you have all a o that middle part of the writing and then we have lower zone where y loops and g loops in your case the upper loops are well formed and they are you you are imaginative the way they are formed and also the way you look at the future the way you look at what can be done in a situation is very specific.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, if you haven't done the root cause analysis and if you haven't fixed the problem at the core, and if you've only solved the symptoms, you're not doing problem solving at all you know you've got to fix the system Uh, so to me it's about efficiency it's like last year for the same amount of things if I took 100 hours Mm -hmm. I think this year me and my team included not just me okay me Mm -hmm. and my team included should take you know maybe 80 hours or 75 hours and you know we should do something new in the in the other 20 hours but I think how this interestingly translates into work because they're not always problems to solve you know you're obviously fixing the system and i also don't believe that uh, you know that we should invent problems when sure. <laughs> but i think what that translates into that i set up new innovation or new challenges for the team to say okay sure. what's the next mountain to climb you know it's like that okay right. now i often am found saying this to the team that okay we are 10 on 10 okay wow how do we become 11 on 10. <laughs> okay that's no. the statement that, you know, a lot of my team members will tell you, you know, I still remember I was, I think perhaps 16 or 17 and uh, me and my mom were talking. Uh, and I uh, have studied in German girls college in a place called Sri Ganga Nagar. Not too many people would have heard of it. Okay. Uh, you know, if a hundred girls started out uh, first year, uh, you know, in college, only 50 passed out because the rest got married. So I'm giving you that societal context yeah. to The anecdote, you know, so I was talking to my mother and I said, look, I think I should look at doing my MPhil and PhD and you know, I can be a professor then and professors have a great balance, uh, you know, in terms of career and home. And you know, they have holidays along with their kids and so on and so forth. And my mom challenged me and she said, why would you want to think of your career like this why can't you think of your career in terms of this is my potential and this is the best that i can get to and she of course had a dream of me becoming an ias officer well i never did become one but i think she's very satisfied with my career today uh, with um, let's say the distance i've traveled it is not about the heights i think it's about where you came from and the uh, distance that you've traveled so i don't think i was detailed enough to know exactly that i'm going to be a cmo or i'll work for a corporate uh, job i didn't even know what a corporate job was at that point of time but yes i uh, i did want to achieve uh, you know a certain height and i did want to maximize my potential so first of all before we talk about your aspiration it's amazing to
0: have that from your mom Yes, I think that so. That was incredible too, to see that. And I think mums like that have created solid women today and, you know, the leaders that we see today. It's
1: Absolutely. And I, I mean, uh, this podcast is not meant for it, but I think there are several other anecdotes and stories that I can tell you where my mums just pushed me into thinking and doing differently, including, you know, a laughing one the other day. You know, I told her about a friend of mine who's finished her PhD four years ago. So I went and told her, I said, you know, uh, so she's now a doctor, and my mom said, Oh, I didn't know you could do your PhD after your MBA. And I was like, Yeah, you can do your PhD at any point of time that you like. And my mom goes in Hindi. She says, I know
0: that line karadeti is like how the homework was was done. <laughs> so
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, the, the whole aspect of planning things and executing things graphologically is found in the letter F. And people who are, who form that letter with both the loops, Mm -hmm. well formed. And you know, the center part of the letter F, if it connects properly, where it begins, if it comes back to the same point, it talks about your ability to have great sync in your planning and execution. Yeah. And I think it does, right? Yeah. Great, great sync. I wonder how you managed to do it, but you have created multiple plans and somehow figured out ways to execute them to the T. And I believe that's one of the key factors why your execution is like, like like beautiful. And people look at it and they fall for it and they wonder in all these chaotic pieces, how you get the team going, how you get the uncontrolled, all ducks in a row basically. How do you manage? Please tell us some secrets. How do you manage that? I don't know. <laughs> I think I
1: would like to believe that I'm gifted. With <laughs> execution? Oh my God, that's some um, gift to have. Yeah, but I think the question that keeps coming to me from people is not what you're asking. Interestingly, Aditi, so compliments to you, I think, for analyzing it and saying it like this, but I think a lot of the times people come back and tell me, how do you do so much? Mm-hmm. That's a question that gets asked me saying, how do you do so much, you know, and I think um, in organizations where I work, people do depend on me uh, for that eye for detail. So that's what they come back to me and say, you have phenomenal eye for detail. You know, my bosses have always uh, told me that you're very dependable, and that if we give you a task, it'll get done, you are sure about that, you know. Okay. Um, and I think uh, my interest in design, perhaps, my, des- uh, my interest in art, um, you know, correlated to meaning in marketing and brand and logos and so on and so forth, uh, you know, uh, comes from there. But I have a question for you. Yes, please. Very interesting, you said it is planning and execution. And it's interesting that I have, you know, often asked myself this question and also asked for feedback from managers whom I worked closely with. And I said, what am I better at, planning or execution?
0: That's a tough one because the kind of planning that you do or you used to do was way more meticulous than what you do right now. Right now, you know, you are pulled into multiple directions. So definitely now the importance on planning is lesser. I think you check those plans more than actually planning them. So I would give the higher score on execution because no matter how far you are from the actual uh, action and the platform and the stage, you do find that one gap, one discrepancy. And I think that is the gift that you have. To yeah, be
1: able to the, <laughs> call out all the time. My uh, you know, friends who know me and you know my teammates, you know, there's uh, I, I still remember especially when I used to be with my in holidays and at LNT insurance, they're like, there'll be like one typo, dipali, how do you find it? <laughs> you one number wrong in Excel sheet,
0: how do you find it? You know, <laughs> that's a gift, definitely, to be able to pick that one thing. So I would definitely give way higher scoring on execution for your your skill set. Now, the, the next point that I was talking about is the the way you reinvented yourself over and over again. And I want to talk about the 3A model. And I was fascinated when I learned about it, because do tell us about how you use it in your uh, you know career and in your marketing domain. And how do you then translate it in your personal life?
1: I will talk about it. But I want to ask you that your observation on me reinventing myself is from the handwriting or from my uh profile completely from your handwriting let me break it down from where i come from
0: okay uh the first aspect for somebody who reinvents themselves they have great learning ability in the handwriting it is shown when the lowercase letter t is shorter than the letter h okay and in your case uh, you know that is found almost in every single formation now that shows that every time you're in a situation instead of saying how do i fight this how do i get out of this you're like what can i learn from the situation and that is a rare rare behavioral pattern second thing uh you have good formation in letter e which means the loop in the e is completely open a person like that is highly observant and a great listener Thereby, you keep absorbing things that you can learn, you can pick up, you can kind of, you know, create your pool of information. Third thing is the letter M that you form. It has great humps and smooth formations. Every letter M like that talks about your ability to gather information, research and collect data and all the decisions that you make in terms of learning will be based on the information gathered. And by that, I also mean interviewing people, talking to them, having random conversations. So people may think you're socializing and talking about it, but that is your live research. You do not stop researching at all whatsoever. So that those were my graphological finding to say that.
1: Wow, Aditi, I'm very, very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> it's also turning out to be such an interesting conversation, you know, therefore. Uh, and yes, I think uh, the two words that you used, which is gathering information all the time and uh, the learning bit, I think, and I will correlate that to the model, the AAA model, uh, you know, a little later. But let me just, let me just uh, reflect on that and rephrase that uh, in my words, uh, you. you know. Uh, I may not have been like this when I was younger, I don't know, but I'm definitely like this today. I think uh, one goes through uh, tough times, one goes through failures. And it is possible for you to become pessimistic. It's possible for you to even question God, uh, you know, at times when you're going through tough times. Uh, And if you need to reframe it for you to feel positive in your life is when you say, okay, you know, what did this teach me? And how have I become a better person? on account of the stuff experience that I have gone through, it can happen at work, it can happen in your personal life, you know, Mm. Uh, so that Uh, I think uh, the learnability comes from there but along with that I don't know uh, how you phrase it in the graphology language I think also is something which I have discovered about myself it needed to be told to me uh, and I work with a coach uh, you know which is that I'm very resilient you know uh, I bounce back uh, from the failure so I think this goes this goes together right and now let's come to the three A's which is authenticity agility and ability you know so the ability part really comes from there because uh, this whole learning and researching means that i am becoming more and more able or i'm becoming you know more able as relevant to the times right and the agility comes from the context of learning fast hmm. uh, and uh, being able to pivot uh, right. you know being able to change uh, uh, you know yourself in keeping with the times Authenticity, I think, is a gift. I think, uh, uh, right from childhood, the experiences that I had with my parents, uh, you know, the value system uh, from there, along with, I think, the courage that uh, perhaps my early experiences, you know, gave me, um, or every time, I think uh, the experience that gave me the authenticity comes from there. I went for uh, Shiv Khera workshop. And uh, I think uh, Shiv does it very well, where he tells you to drop a vision of your life. And he talks to you about, you know, good values. And one of the things that I had a discussion with him was about not lying ever. And I had a young child, you know, mm-hmm. and to distract children, sometimes we lie, right? Right, Of course, <laughs> I Had a great discourse in a discussion with him. And he spoke about he said, you need to distract but you need, don't distract a child with lies. You know distract a child with other truths you know that's wow. important wow and please men, talk more about this this is such a wonderful and powerful point and uh, so i will give you an example of that mm-hmm. and also same at work you know i have to let's say no to a media house for a sponsorship that's where i learned and i said i will not just say no to them by saying it's very easy for me to say i don't have the budget you right. know just so easy for a cmo to say oh this quarter i don't have the budget or this month i don't have the budget But actually, you do have the budget and you want to say no to them for all the right reasons by telling them and I think I've taken upon myself to tell them that look, this is how it doesn't work for me. But the thing that I've added on after that is in telling all the partners who come to me with proposals is okay, why don't you go and speak to so and so brand because I think it'll make it'll work for them. I've always given them another suggestion or another lead and sometimes they pan out Mm -hmm. and that is also translated again uh, in the world around me thinking that I'm very authentic and that, uh, you know, I'm purposeful in that sense and why I say I got lucky is that just after I'd come from Shiv's workshop one day and my son was little so, you know, erraticness was there in life. Uh, You know, one day I uh, listened to the alarm, snoozed it and went back to sleep and next when I woke up, I was massively late to office. Okay? okay. So I messaged my boss and said, you know, look, I'm late to work or whatever. And I think when we met next on the call or whatever, he said, what happened? You know, so, uh, you know, chances are that in office, most people do this, you know, traffic, or whatever. But I, I decided because I had just come from this workshop and I said, uh, this was uh, Sanjay Prakash, you know, at HSPC. I said, Sanjay, you know what happened? The alarm rang. I snoozed it and I just didn't get up after that. That's what really happened. You know, he laughed and he said, you know, and I think that one incident in his reaction Hmm. built, uh, you know, my resolve into being truthful always. That's amazing. Yeah. And I know I must tell you, this is what this was my next point, graphologically speaking.
0: The letter A and O in the writing talks about how clear you are in your. Way of presenting yourself. So if I, if I have to talk about one factor of honesty, I would say the letter A and O, and how they're formed without inside them. And most of your A and O letters do not have loops. So what you're saying in authenticity, and that's how I was so keen to ask you this question because I wanted to connect the authenticity with these honesty traits in your writing. And this incredible to see. And when you and it takes it's tougher to live this life, right? Tougher to walk that extra path taking that extra effort to create a lead and help the agency to look for another
1: is not something that everybody would think about so that's amazing thank you for sharing it and I'm quite uh, proud as a mother to tell you that I think uh, my son has seen all seen this in us uh, and uh, I will tell you that he's one of the, he's 16 and a half uh, incredibly honest and incredibly truthful uh, you know again as a child So that's a one thing he also knows that I value. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I also, I think uh, a difficult thing for a young child to do, but he does. So I get these parents coming to us and they say, please
0: analyze my child's writing. And I don't give feedback to kids below 14. My -hmm. simple logic is whatever is happening in your kid's life, you can reflect on your own behavior and you can influence it. So the fact that you have been living this authentic life, that is a major reason why your child represents what you have been you know living not what you're saying but what you're living
1: so I absolutely i think especially on the children front i'm very sentimental and emotional about it so anybody who's listening to this podcast i think totally if your if your children behave badly if your children have good values if your children have bad values i think you just need to reflect on your behavior because children do not follow things that you say children follow things that you do So I think uh, it's on us. Yeah, so true. So true. And I think that's what makes it so meaningful, beautiful and difficult to parent a child. I'm, I'm so sure you know, there are lots of people, for example, they become masters at painting, or that, Mm -hmm. you know, pencil craft is their thing, or, you know, some cooking is their thing. I've not had a steady hobby at all, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I have been teaching over the years. And if somebody forces me to say, okay, how do you kind of, you know, utilize your time, and become this all rounded personality, then I will say that, look, you know, I've been teaching. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, off late, I discovered and that i'm pretty good at podcast i didn't uh, podcasting you know i didn't know that uh, you know i i was going to be you know good at it and the podcast is doing really well so i wanted to ask you that if it if i look at this whole thing of uh i don't know you want to call it crafts you want to call it you know extracurriculars or hobbies <laughs> is there anything else that you think i should explore i think the hobby that you have and you're extremely
0: consistent with is to reinvent yourself okay so, so that's every- that is your hobby yeah. so every time you've got to reinvent yourself it has to be in a different manner so you will never have one hobby so please leave that thought okay. absolutely throw it out of the window and make sure that you keep picking up things because why you do these hobbies in the first place to explore the the unknown explore something that is unexplored and in your case the depth matters, but what is really important is what if I have something very interesting that I haven't tasted yet? That is your reason to explore so many things. Carl Jung has this line. He says, the only and only objective that we have is to, to find the true expression of the self and mm-hmm. true expression may mean, you know, that if you don't realize the entire self, you will be unhappy in some or the other manner. If you chance upon something, that hobby that you want to pursue. Probably you'll continue, but currently till you find that one love of your life, I think flirt with all the possibilities of different hobbies and arts you have. So next, I want to write a book. What do you think? I think that would be amazing. And not only amazing because, uh, you are, you know, good at what you do and you're amazing at, you know, solving these problems. I think the expression is not only about writing is about giving back. So I feel that thought is powerful. So you must write a book because now you're at a point where you're like, before I so-called walk away from this corporate world, let me give back and teach people, train people. So the, the trainer, teacher, and the preacher also in you is coming alive and becoming stronger so that the voice is becoming stronger. I think it's the right time for you to jump in with that and actually get to it.
1: Great because i think the podcast was also started with the same idea you know the idea was that there is a niche uh, where mm-hmm. the indian leadership has not been well covered and not well documented and mm-hmm. i young uh, B school graduates, you know, young professionals, they want inspiration, they want to know how the CEOs, you know, of India Inc. do it. So there again, uh, and I know, I know that kind of purpose always motivates me. So yes. Uh, So thank you. Thank you for uh, ratifying for me that I should probably, uh, you know, uh, do the book thing. But Dipali, when I was listening to your podcast, I also felt
0: that in a way, the new young generations, aspiring leaders, will find a realistic idea of leadership. That's what I thought, which was very interesting because mostly these conversations glorify the role of CEO. When you break it down and the questions that you ask are specific and they allow people to be realistic about how the situation
1: is going to be, I think that is really amazing. The word is authentic. Yeah. Okay. Point taken. Point taken. And I, I do tell my CEOs this when I interview them. I said, "Look, I'm on your side. I want you to come across as uh, the great person that you are. But you know, the journey to that greatness is not all a bed of roses. Neither is it all high points at any every point of time in your life. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there also we try and be authentic. Another curious question about your craft: mm-hmm. uh, people's handwriting over the years changes, right? So does that mean when you do the graphology analysis, if I had a handwriting sample from my, let's say 10 years or 15 years ago, it could be different and therefore different personality and different, uh, traits. So when I
0: do high-performance coaching, I meet people every 15 days okay. and I analyze the comparative
1: analysis and tell them what has shifted in their thinking process in just 15 days. Okay. And so you do this on the basis of their handwriting completely. So why,
0: why does it happen? Handwriting has three parts. One, that is permanent, so that would not change. You know, like how certain behavioral patterns you were kind of born with, or you picked up very early and they stay, no matter which job you did, who you were hanging with, what were your challenges, they just stay. Handwriting yeah. also has that part. There are others which change every five to six years. And this is where you see, you know, your shift happening and your career moving and your roles changing, you adapt and you become that and a few traits change every day Oh, but depending yeah. on your mood depending on how fresh you are how agitated you are body posture everything it just so it's like a. and that's why I feel you know I'm, I'm also trained on other psychometric tests and I love the the structure that they provide and I use it but graphology is one thing which gives you that authentic deeper aspects so i combine the two so i do believe in the structure but you don't get that everyday shift in somebody's behavior to see if i am coaching somebody on one particular behavior of behavior of leadership has it changed how much is it changing what exactly is happening within so these minute body feedbacks that you get nobody can tweak that nobody can you know turn it around and give you another story about it so that's how so what
1: So did you find any difference in the two writing samples that I gave you? Uh, I would not say in different frames of mind. I don't remember whether it was one day different or same day. I don't remember that. I would not say the handwritings are different as such, but yes,
0: when you are in your, uh, in this particular meeting that you had, if I have to compare the traits, Mm. you were being extremely end result oriented. For whatever meeting that was, you were focusing on that idea. And I'm saying this because when you cut your lowercase letter T, the line that you put, the horizontal line in the page, the notes page of the meeting, it's exactly at 50% most of the time. And that talks about how specific you were at getting that final result. Also, I feel in the notes page, you are being more of a perfectionist. You had certain things that you were kind of trying to nail with your team and you were unwilling to compromise. Was it true? Was that the meeting about?
1: It was actually a meeting about me speaking at, uh, you know, a St. Xavier session that uh, I was invited to. Mm-hmm. So we were brainstorming and simultaneously we were saying that, yes, how do we ensure we finished in 45 minutes? Uh, mm-hmm. the talk had to be finished in 45 minutes and therefore we were prioritizing, uh, that we will bring in this question and we won't bring in, uh, you know, that question. So yes uh, Yeah, in a manner of speaking, it was very result oriented because we were trying to prioritize and choose what will fit into 45 minutes talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a thing. So, yes, Thank you're right. You. Mm, superb. Thank <laughs> you. You are very young and you are very, very impressive at the craft uh, that okay. you know and uh, that you have, you know, uh, uh, really. Uh, anything about my decision making style apart from this whole era that you've said that I ask a lot of questions? Anything else? okay so decision making uh, style
0: if i have to define your style i would say the decisions that you consider you consider tough mm. you ponder about them from multiple platforms and perspectives you would not jump to conclusions and if people push you to do that you push them back you definitely draw that line and you would not let people you know force you to make a decision if there is a significant one so the process matters more than the result for you. And that is the difference in your style of decision-making. You would not rush. You would not uh, be hasty about it. And that's why I believe all the bosses said that once we give something to you, we can just go to bed, sleep, completely forget that the work needs to be done because you will be on top of it. That comes from being process-oriented and not Mm result-oriented, which is the impression that people have about you. The way you they you're perceived, I would say people think you're all about results, but I would say you're all about process. And if the process is off, you would not move an inch.
1: I guess I'm both because there are times when I'm also known for my quick decision-making.
0: Sure. No,
1: those decisions are not the significant ones. Mm.
0: Quick decisions is where the process is already built and mm. thereby in the moment, the decisions are so fast and that's why you're perceived like that. But mm. the processing is very, very clear so the steps the the five steps you require to reach the final goal are already in your mind they may happen in the moment right and they would not take time and the that the agility part that you talk about i think this is where the agility comes from it is not about the speed right it is about how well do you walk into
1: this and you are very clear about why are you doing it yeah and it's about the smooth pivot it's not it's not uh, you don't want it to be jerky yeah uh, you know, it's like when you're dancing, you move from one movement into another with a grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it is so agility is actually about that. Otherwise, you know, we can call it speed. Otherwise, we can call it, you know, uh, just sheer velocity. It's not about that. It's about moving from pivoting, you know, with grace. You, know. you would love this. There's a
0: word in Yoga Sutra called Prayatna Shaithilya. Mm-hmm. And in, in English, we would loosely translate it as effortlessness. Mm-hmm. But prayatna shaitilya is where prayatna, which is efforts, become non-existent. Yes. So it becomes shithil. So you have practiced something to a point that you have mastered it. And now it feels effortless, not because it is effortless. So your quick decision making looks quick, but not because it is fast, because you have gone through the grind and you've created the process so well that in the moment it feels instinctive.
1: Yeah. And if it's, I mean, it's, if it's for a knowledge worker, it's about having done the research or having the experiences, you know, to know that, uh, uh, look, uh, you know, this fast decision can be taken. Yeah, I know, because I've asked this question to myself often, because I know that there are some things I don't decide fast on. uh, And there are some things that I decide fast on and there's no framework for that. There is no, there is no uh you know it's not like you can categorize it and say home decisions fast or financial decisions fast no it's not like that you know there is no, no categorization so yeah perhaps what you're saying where i'm comfortable <laughs> with the research and the process where i've asked enough questions in the past and connected the dots you know uh, uh so to speak in the past that i exactly uh do it fast uh, yeah but i i do believe that delayed decision is uh like mm-hmm. losing money um uh, you know, I, I think uh, delayed decision is not always a great idea. A lot of, you know, the organization, you yourself, I think, lose a lot of effort.
0: and So you shouldn't be pondering so much that you're missing the, the opportunity there is what you mean? Yes. Yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: I want to talk about uh, two things which kind of concern me looking at your writing.
1: Yes. First
0: is you do get caught up in some worrying thinking pattern. and worry is about ruminating right it's not about the problem solving as such which you otherwise excel at but uh, it's about going back imagining scenarios which are not true and and literally reliving them using all your storytelling and and you know writing skills on them and not necessarily doing good for yourself i agree with you i have a hugely vivid
1: imagination mm-hmm. i can run a video of you know what this wrong <laughs> scenario is going to look like three years from now and i think i self-inflict that onto me completely where uh, very often i need to say to myself that i need to break the cycle and think about something else so, you know when lots of people say uh, meditate take rest stop thinking I'm like, my brain cannot stop thinking, so the best way for me to do it is to get into something else, which completely, you know, uh, is uh, taking me away from thinking about this particular situation. Yes, it's it's self-inflicted, and I think, uh, I'm, I don't know if you have a solution, and if you have a tip and trick, please do share it with me, but I think that's the one learning that's happening just now in my life, uh, that I should stop imagining these negative scenarios. <laughs> Okay, I'm saying that from
0: your writing because when you write your lowercase letter R, there is a loop in the stomach of the R, the center part of the R, there's a loop. So you may think that removing the loop will solve the problem, not really, this is just a representation of the writing. The solution we can find in some graphotherapy strokes, but the one which I always recommend, especially for a person who cannot only meditate, cannot stop the imagination. so the mental problem might not be solved by thinking about it it's not possible every time you try to solve it it becomes even more chaotic and your story just have different variations to it more than stopping it so i believe when your mind is playing the trick we should lead with the body so when we use graphotherapy or handwriting strokes it's a doodling kind of technique but it is breath coordinated and the stroke is very very specific so the stroke that I'm referring to is called Kama Sutra stroke. It genuinely has the calming effect of of on your mind, and you know your body starts calming down. So I will send you the link, and I will also mention in the description for people to learn that stroke. The idea here is when you do the the formation of the stroke, which is like the eight number or like S stroke we call it, when you do that, your breath and your mind both starts following the formation. So you don't have to do specific things to distract your mind, but you use your body to communicate with your mind that now it's the time to follow this formation. And that I believe is really, really powerful. So any anxiety, any dramatic physical reactions that your imagination causes, here you're using the body to break that
1: whole cycle in a loop. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm uh, so glad you're going to share it with the, all the listeners. Have you read the book Flow by and Mihai?
0: no not not yet highly highly recommend he talks about this whole idea of being in a flow when Mm -hmm. your mind requires some degree of challenge so you have to feel the challenge to be interested and also you have to have the skill set so if the skill is too low then you're not interested you can't do it it is too high and if the challenge is not good enough you won't be bothered so he says there's a balance when you start learning when you start picking up information so many times it creates the pressure for you personally to live up to certain expectations. Yeah. People are not expecting that of you. No. You create these roles and these standards for you is and it? you absolutely cannot afford to break them in your own mind. Nobody is saying anything. Yes. And that battle turns into a war in no time and you are at war pretty much all the time. With myself yes with yourself no one else and that's why it is so difficult for anybody to intervene and help you because that war is for real and it is such a such an intense experience so that's so, another area of concern
1: yeah so i don't do good or bad but let me just share with you you know something that happened last year and that will tell you and that made it clear to me that i do this to myself okay, okay. So uh, I decided to do the podcast. Uh, the founder of awas.com is friend, is a friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. This whole idea I told you of, you know, the purposeful, the you know, leadership, right. authentic leadership I wanted to bring to the uh, to the table. The earlier idea was that I would actually write a column, uh, and then uh, Sri convinced me, and he said, "Why don't you just speak about it?" I then mm-hmm. want to do it in a podcast format, also, right? So then started the research, right? Uh, <laughs> what is the right format of the thing? How do we do this? What is the right length? You know, right. should they be diverse? You know, I think he told me, he says, you, you did, he tells me this, this is the amount of research that you put in, into getting it out, you know, and doing it myself and doing it myself, you know, I, I, after that, I had it clear in my head, it was going to be 30 minutes. I'm going to record only on the weekends because I need that also, you know, that IBM comes first, the IBM job comes first, you know, so therefore how do I balance my time? Okay. Not only this, but I think somewhere, even when it comes to the value system, Mm. Uh, i think i do set a high uh, benchmark uh, for myself first uh, more than uh, anybody else Uh, and
0: and those things are are self-critical traits too so in your signature there's a line that comes back and then moves forward anything in your writing that moves from the right side to the left side talks about intense self-criticism not just light So it's not about failing in terms of results, but if you don't meet your own standards, that is definitely unacceptable for you. But at the same time, you're very harsh with yourself when it comes to that discussion and that mental dialogue and that personal conversation in the mirror is reprimanding.
1: Yeah, my, my, my coach very often says to myself saying, sympathize with yourself empathize with yourself give yourself credit you know these are statements that i need to be told uh, you know every now and then every now and then and uh, i guess i'm learning aditi i'm getting better at it <laughs> sure. i need to cut myself some slack <laughs> yeah sure. yeah but yeah, i mean uh, the i know that the bar is high uh, and first for myself Uh, And uh, then I think with the others, because somewhere I come from this context that look, if I can't lead that life and I if I can't be creative and if I can't be innovative myself and if I can't do social media well myself, how do I tell the team to be better at it or good at it, you know, so I know it comes, uh, it comes from there also.
0: I hear you loud and clear. And I, I know that that has been your pursuit of excellence. But what you're talking about right now, that has moved to perfectionism. So there's yeah. a slight difference there that gets to you.
1: Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you for saying that too.
0: <laughs> Most welcome. Now, lastly, before we go, I want to talk about the rock model that you spoke about. And I think this is interesting because people should look at their life from reflection a lot more than you know what they ever did, especially during the lockdown. And we speak a lot about journaling. And we speak about every day taking that 15 20 minutes to ask yourself some solution oriented questions so that you can yes. journal
1: i think this is in, again in the pursuit of the learning and wanting to learn all the time so this is a principle for learning so r stands for reflection uh, uh, which is to say that everybody must learn from their own experiences which is the first thing that you spoke about uh, you know uh, from my handwriting there. right extremely important. And I also believe that you must not reflect alone. If you actually have a coach with whom you <laughs> reflect, then you, uh, you know, learn faster. Definitely. And definitely. That independent voice is required. The O is for others. Okay, what you can learn from other people's mistakes, which is again, what you spoke about, remember that I, I am talking to people, I'm not just socializing, I'm doing <laughs> the research in my own <laughs> thing, right. Right. So I strongly believe that you must learn from others. Uh, you know, uh, extremely important. That way, your mistakes and your own mistakes in your life or at your work can be smaller, can be faster, because you know you've kind of learned this from others. The C in the rock stands for classroom. I think there's room for us to go to classroom every now and then. Um, you know, so I have gone into a classroom for learning social media back in 2000. You know, eight or nine when it just about started, or 2005. Wow started A three-day, uh, you know, uh, session. Mm-hmm. I've gone into a classroom for uh, learning about retail design. Um, I have. Uh, I am planning to go into classroom once again. I think the mum's PhD bit will probably be <laughs> coming. So, yeah. that's fingers, okay. crossed on fingers crossed on that one and uh, the K is the knowledge from the books the Mm -hmm. knowledge you know the fact that knowledge has been put together over there so k stands for knowledge from the books i strongly believe in reading and that people should read and i know you and me talking to each other some books came up Mm -hmm. and then what happened was that when i did the rock principle it was only the rock and then Mm -hmm. somebody helped me add on the s so they said rocks so that's what you saw in the paper over there which is sharing which is what you and i are doing today how nice how nice so you also learn more when you share, um, and, and the other thing of the S also is staying teachable. Therefore, okay, therefore. Wow. a lot of us don't think about the fact that we may not be teachable. You know, we must <laughs> be teachable. Actually, there's a Sanskrit shloka, and I don't know the shloka, but it talks about the fact that for learning to happen, there mm. has to be a guru, there has to be a shishya, and then there is the willingness to learn on part of the shishya. Otherwise, wow. the learning will not happen wow i'm getting goosebumps on that one
0: so sweet. wow so so beautiful and so powerful because willingness you cannot teach it has to come from within it's like uh, you cannot teach you cannot create hunger this is similar to that yeah, absolutely thank you that was wonderful thank you so much Dipali, for being on the show for teaching us so many things and most importantly being so authentic you know it's not only so many times you meet people especially in the field of marketing they talk about authenticity of life of brand but they do not live by it and you can see through it but they do talk about it but i was so happy to find that in your handwriting and you know find these correlations it was beautiful thank you so much
1: thank you aditi for saying that and uh, i hope the brand aditi also uh, goes through authenticity agility and you keep on adding ability to yourself
0: thank you thank you so much that's, that's a great wish to have for for me and my team i think all of us are going to learn so much from this thank you thank you bye-bye thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the absolutely right podcast please tell me what were your key takeaways what did you learn in this conversation share your story my email id is right w-r-i-t at aditisurana.com If you have questions about your own decision-making and your leadership style and if you want me to give you feedback one-on-one or work with your organization as a high-performance coach, you can check out all the services that we offer on aditisurana.com. And if you're as fascinated as I am with the subject of graphology and if you want to learn how to analyze your spouse, your child and even hire better for that matter by looking at people's writing, then you can join a graphology masterclass. I will see you on Friday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right Podcast. Till then, happy writing.